Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 268. And today's episode is going to be uh, from a listener question uh, tied in basically with puppy, the puppy series and the basic obedience stuff that I've been talking about. And it's we're going to talk about the, the uh, one training uh, response, one training behavior that's important to everybody, regardless whether it's the competitive retriever stuff or the hunting stuff or your pet in the house and in the backyard. And that is the response of coming when called. And it sounds real, it sounds kind of dull, right, when I say that and it's like, oh, I don't need this stuff. But I really want to kind of break this down, particularly for those of you with, uh, with young dogs uh, or dogs that are, that you have, that you want to go hiking with or you want to go hunting with or, you know, you want to be able to just take out in the front yard, say, or th- all the applications for that. Coming when called. And I see, again, I'm in the city right now, so I see zillions of dogs all the time and uh, I can see what a lot of the contemporary training mechanisms are. And a lot of them, of course, have to do with um, food, (laughs) which is great, I guess, if you have food, unless something more compelling than the food comes along. And then it's maybe not so good. So I just want to talk about a real fundamental approach to this um, that that I've, I've learned over the years. When you have a hunting dog or a competitive dog, or a seeing eye dog, or the search and rescue, or the the, um, the law enforcement canines. When you have dogs that are doing things that are basically a- absolute musts, I always call it life and death. You know, search and rescue and 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 canine stuff. You know, they've it's it's extremely important. And when you're hunting, and it, or competing, and your dog is going after a bird, and there is compelling reason not to. Whether you can't, it's not one that's going to go down or because there is a giant dangerous thing between the dog and the bird, they should come when called. And the way many of us who train at that level, we use the uh, electric collar for that. And there's a lot of uh, training uh, methods where it's entirely based on the electric collar. So if you don't do what I say, I'm going to cause you pain. Uh, and then again, that works as long as you have the thing which uh, causes pain. But I'm going to talk about a different approach a little bit about how to have a dog, at least how to approach teaching a dog that they need to respond to you regardless of your training tools. If you interact and teach uh, a dog things that are going to be entirely based on your training tools, then like leashes and collars and whatever, uh, food, things like that, then most generally their compliance is going to be based on the presence of those tools or not when you make it dependent on your tools. So it's a lot better uh, in the long run, a lot safer to teach your dog that when you say something, particularly the, the here, uh, come, whatever. I'm going to use here because that's what I use, what field people use. But any word that you use that means come here, and come here should not be a phrase, 
It should be a single clear cue, the response to which is that you come directly to me and sit down. So in thinking about that as the, as the trainer of this uh, dog, just thinking about it in terms of that. Okay, you have to, it's most important that what's in your head, uh, that what's in your head. So it's not like an isolated behavior. It's like, okay, I'm going to really work on here. What we, you, we need to teach, just like if we were teaching people something, when we're teaching dogs something, it is if I say something, if I tell you something and I teach you that it means to drop your bottom or to come to me, then that's something that you need to do. And that has to be real clear in your head. And I, you can't, it's just much easier if you don't just isolate it. Listen, I don't care if the dog listens to me any other time, but when I call them, they better come. That's a fairly sophisticated concept for a dog to learn. Well, don't listen to anything unless you hear this one word or this particular whistle. So then the rest of the time, you don't have to listen to me. Okay, that doesn't usually work real well just like it wouldn't with a kid. You know, you only have to be polite to me when there's people looking. If nobody's looking, you can just do whatever. You know, that, that's not a real good learning thing for a kid. And it's with a dog. What we want to do with these guys is teach them, if I give you, if I say something to you, it is significant. And it is your job to respond. And again, I don't mean this in a dictatorial way. I mean it in a partnership. You know, I'm going to teach you a few things here, sit, heal, you know, for our retriever guys, fetch, whatever it is, hunt them up, whatever. I'm going to teach you those things, and they are going to be significant. I'm not going to, I think I told the story in past uh, podcasts where I had one lady who was so proud of her 21-word vocabulary with her dog, and I said, well, I'm not smart enough for that, and so I'm not sure your dog is, but I'm just going to use about three or four things, and that'll be it. And that'll probably get us through whatever you want <laughs> because we've got to deal with the dog brain, folks, not your brain or my brain. So if calling a dog and having them come to you is important, the thing that you need to think about first is, all right, I need to teach this dog that when I say something, it means something. That's the first thing. We don't just jump into a dog that's not really learned to focus and pay attention and listen and learn how to be taught. You can't just jump in and go, all right, we're going to go right here on this here business. I'm going to get my leash or my food or my electric collar or whatever you're doing, and I'm going to show this dog exactly. That's usually not effective. Not at all. That is, that's it's just it's like taking a kid that you didn't really teach to read and starting them in math class. You know, and it, it says like they don't, you don't have some of the fundamental learning tools that you need before you jump into something like that. Let them learn how to read and what letters and numbers are and that kind of thing. So if you're going to teach a dog to come when called, then you need to teach a dog that, okay, we're, we are together now, we're interacting, and I'm going to teach you and you need to learn how to learn. Anyone does. They don't just come, little sponges. Well, there's every now and then you get one that seems that way. But mostly they're just like enjoying life and being puppies or young dogs or happy dogs. And then all of a sudden you come in and change all the rules. First thing you have to do 
is teach this dog, I'm going to teach you something. And so the easiest thing, you don't just jump right in on here, is teach a dog to sit and teach a dog to walk with you. Those apply to everyday life. And they are also the precursor to teaching something that's going to be a little more uh, demanding on the dog. So if you teach your dog to sit and then to walk with you, and, and I feel so strongly about this, teach them to sit when you say it because that's their job. You know, it's your job to feed them, get them shots, get them exercise, give them housing and water and hopefully some purpose and meaning in life. That's your job. They have a job too. They are not a little Tiffany crystal that is to be served by you. Nothing in the world is that way. No people, no animals. So you have all these expensive, time-consuming things you need to do for the dog. And they have things they need to do for you. And one of those is participate in your life, whether it is just regular life, hiking and taking walks, or whether you're going to compete, or whether you hunt, or whether you herd cattle, or whatever it is. Okay, that your daily life, like going through the doorway, going to the vet, going to Aunt Susie's, that this dog is a partner and pleasant to have. That means they walk with you on the leash. They don't jerk you everywhere, which is what I see all day, all the time. And it just is amazing to me how people tolerate that. They don't pull you and then yank you over here and then want to go see that dog. And meanwhile, all you're trying to do is just get down the sidewalk. Okay, nobody needs to have that. Absolutely nobody. So you want to teach a dog for all your daily life stuff to walk with you and then to sit when you say. They may have to sit at the vet. They may have to sit waiting to get through the door. They may have to sit waiting to get in your vehicle. They may have to just sit and not jump all over grandma or grandchildren that are around. So heal and sit are very important, and whatever words you want to use. So if the first thing you want to do, and this is all about coming to you, right? First thing you want to do is teach them sit, and the bottom goes down. Not sit, and by the fifth time I say it, and decibel levels right at 110, uh, then it means something. Teach them that when you say sit, they have to sit. So what you want to do on that, this is very important for the hear thing that's coming, is you want to teach them that when they hear the command, their bottom goes down. So at first you physically do that for them. And you don't do it slowly and think they're getting the concept. Teach them that when they hear sit, the bottom goes down. And I've gone in great description of that in other podcasts. But it's not the second or third time as you're politely requesting them to sit. Because you're not going to politely request they not run across the street in front of the car, right? You, you need to call them and have them come to you. So when you say sit, they need to sit. So you need to teach them that when you hear it, you do it. And the shorter neural path you have between hearing and executing, the better that dog will be at giving you that sit response. If you have a long time between when the dog hears the sit command and then they finally get down, then you have a very long neural path that also will have branches and kind of eke over onto something else. And what is that on the floor? And wait, what was that that just went out? You, you allow all that. You don't want anything other than I heard it, I do it. And we're talking about the saving the life of your dog. 
right now. So it's important that you have you teach that responses to you are you give 100% of your effort to it. All right? So teach that on sit. And it takes a few weeks of complete and total consistency. And don't give the sit command if you're not right there to make sure that it is immediately responded to, that it is immediately enacted. So if they're sitting across the living room and you say sit, and they look at you because they've never done it that far away from you before and they don't sit, they just learn that it only counts right next to you. So don't do that. So work on the sit right next to you. And then work on saying sit when they're walking along with you and you keep going a step or two. Sit means sit regardless of what I do. Regardless of what's happening around you. Do you realize how important that is on the here command? You know, when they're chasing the squirrel across the road and the big truck is coming down and is not going to see the dog or can't slow down fast enough, you need to have your here command mean everything. And so the way you get ready to teach that kind of thing is having them on this they hear it and then they do it and they be they you create a very short neural path and they learn wow whenever he or she says something I just have to it happens not because you're mean not because you're causing them pain but because you are requiring that they do it and if you let it kind of get diverted and then think other things then when you're calling them from chasing a bird off a cliff or running across a road and there's something more interesting than what you say you have created the neural paths that allow them to think other things like in a minute I'll be right there you don't want that it doesn't take high pressure it doesn't take meanness it doesn't even necessarily take electricity or any of that it takes creating those real short neural paths which takes effort on your part which means if you can do something every day, not the same thing because it's just like learning the same thing in class every day. It gets very boring. There needs to be new challenges, different places, so that they learn it applies everywhere and that there are no excuses for not sitting when you say, unless you have them on a cactus. Okay, so just don't do that. And when you say something, they have to do it. You teach when there are no distractions. And then you began to continue to teach that it, it also uh, applies when there are a lot of distractions. And all of this is right next to you. We're not trying to get them to sit 50 feet from you. You can do that later once they have a clear understanding of this. So this takes a couple of weeks. And it's the same thing. And sit is how you get dogs to not pull you all over on the leash. So if you get a real good sit, you can enforce that and get, and they'll when they're pulling and that kind of stops. But the important thing is that if, if sit means sit, it means sit. So don't give it if you can't enforce it. Be consistent. Don't have everybody in the family bark and sit. And sometimes they have to and sometimes they don't. Make this a teaching thing between you and the dog. And then heel has to be the same thing. Whatever heel is to you, for me it's be at my side, regardless of what I'm doing. And you can teach that well uh, as well. Okay, now I use, and I know everyone's like, oh my gosh, I use a choke chain and a leash. A choke chain is the most effective thing. If you have a big flat collar, then it's a lug fest. And there's really no reason for them. They just lug. Already if they pull, you've taught them to lug. So now you have nothing that's going to make them go, I'm not going to, ouch, I'm not going to lug. So that very instantaneous constriction on heel, if they're behind or over to the side or in front of you, or changing directions and enforcing with a slight jerk that they're not keeping up 
is a very good way to teach them, hey, all the time you got to be at my side when I say heal. Now let's get to the here command because we've been going on this for a little bit. If you have taught the dog how to learn, which is mission number one, okay, dog, you have to sit here and engage with me and pay attention to what I'm doing. So you don't have more than, in the beginning, two or three minutes. They will not have an attention span that can continue to learn much longer than that. You can expand it somewhat with practice. Just like when a kid first goes to school, they can't sit there for one hour and be lectured on something. Later on, they can sit there for an hour and be lectured on something. So it's that way with our dogs. Let's just teach them just a, in the first, first time you do it, do it for two minutes. Heal and sit. It's going to take 100% of your attention and concentration to get 100% of that dog's attention and concentration. Very important. So you do that. You think about it that way. You make sure you're crystal clear on your communications. And then you do the sit and the heel. Now let's do the hear. And here's what I see. Is everybody wants a dog to come from, you know, and they get, they're real proud of the distance. I can get X 50 feet, 100 feet away and call them. Yeah, unless something else is going on. So distance is not the goal. Response is always the goal. So first you start teaching the here command within two, two to three feet of you. So you have your leash, and I always have my, my training choke chain. Right? And I tell them sit, and I stand right in front of them. And I'm not getting as far away as the leash allows me. I'm standing two or three feet in front of them. And because they learned sit, they aren't going to get up because I told them to sit. I stand in front of them. I give them the, the new thing I'm teaching here. Now I'm teaching. Come, whatever you want to say. I'm teaching it. And I'm going to tell them, give the command, give a slight jerk on the choke chain. Not Nothing painful. We're not having pain here. I just want them, I, you got to come. You got to get up and move. And I'll back up three, four, five feet and then have them sit in front of me. You always have to give an end to the here or the come. Always that makes it much easier to teach if there's a start and a finish. So I'll just back up three or four feet and have them sit in front of me. I need to have a good sit because if I'm fighting sitting here, I got two things going I'm teaching. That's not very easy to do and also not wise. So they'll sit and then I call them with a little bit of enforcement, which is that jerk, jerk on the leash, bring them forward, back up a little bit, sit. So you do that where what you want to do is get them where when you tell them to sit, you get in front of them three or four feet. And now when you say here or come, whatever you say, they're making effort to get up and come to you. Yeah. Now, will they do that if you have a bacon bit in your hand? Yes. They won't do it if you have a bacon bit in your bit in your in your hand and a little bunny or a squirrel or the cat or a bird goes by, right? <laughs> or something more interesting. Foom, they're off of you and onto that other thing. So we're not going to bribe or request it. We're going to say, all right, your job is when I call you, you come. Period. And it's the exact same thing on this now. So when you say here, they're going to hear the command. You're teaching, right? So you're going to pull them to you and sit down. Not an unpleasant thing. Make it kind of happy. I just use real, a little light jerk or something. And if, I, if that doesn't work, a bit bigger one to get them to understand. Move toward me. And I just have them sit in front of me in the very beginning. Later, I'll move it to sometimes you sit front, sometimes you heel around to the side. But I'm going to teach them what here means. And that's going to take a couple days probably. 
I teach them that. I tell them when they give me effort, I acknowledge it and say, that's it, good dog. I don't go into huge praise, right? We're in the classroom. We're learning stuff. When they give me effort, I'm going to acknowledge it. Let them know I saw it, and that's, that's a good thing. And so we're just going there. I, we're within on the leash. I probably have two feet, my hands on the leash, two feet, so that I can require that they do everything that I say the minute that I say it. So now I'm creating a very short neural path between hearing the hear command and executing the hear command. And I do it all very close because the distance right now is not the goal. The response and the understanding to hear is the goal. Later on all the field guys, I'm going to replace that with the whistle. The whistle is exactly the same as me saying hear. But they can't really hear a verbal hear when they're out in the field running you know, heavy breath out in heavy cover in the water or something. So then I have the whistle, which can penetrate that stuff, and they can still hear that. That's really the purpose of the whistle. But I'm going to create a real short neural path between I heard the word here and I get over there. And I don't ask, I require. And again, there's no pain here. I'm certainly not using any electricity for, for you guys. I'm making the dog do it mechanically. I'm showing them this is what I want. And what they learn on this here, because I'm jerking with that choke chain, just a, not a lug, not a drag, just a real quick jerk. What they learn is, by the way, the jerk is at whatever level the dog goes, I'm coming, I'm coming. And they learn that they can completely control your training pressure by responding. And when they learn that, then you don't have to have your training pressure. Then you don't have to always have the electric collar on your dog if you're going to be somewhere because otherwise they won't listen to you. We're teaching them that when they hear it, they execute it. And we're doing it by being very consistent and by say, showing them close up where you can completely make sure everything that needs to happen, happens. Here, you back up three, four feet, sit. And when you get them where they're, as soon as you say here, they're getting up and moving toward you, bingo, that's the goal. Now we can start to get a little further back. The minute we lose the response and they start like sort of ambling up toward us instead of making a good effort to get to us, then you shorten back up and you enforce some more with that jerk and say, hey, you just got to give me your best effort. That's all I ask. And when you continue to teach that way, then you can back up a little bit. I still wouldn't. I've never, you know, put them 50 feet away and then see if I can call them. <laughs> I don't do that. I work a lot on that close-in stuff and get them where I can do that and where close in. The, and then I will eventually take them out on a walking through the field or something and then do the same thing and force that. Then when for those of you that are electric collars for the hunters and the competitive guys, you replace that, you replace that, the here with the jerk on the leash with a here with a nick, and they completely understand. Call them, they must come directly to you. They have to give you good effort. If they don't, then you haven't done a very good job mechanically on teaching them exactly what you have to do. So for those of you that, anyone that's listening to this that is a, not a competitor and doesn't want to have an electric collar, I have a little, right, I have a dachshund. This is not an electric collar dog. She comes when I call her. Um, but I will say this. When I'm out and she's loose somewhere, I, I try to have a long cord on her in case she 
I, I'm just always concerned about that. But she, with no electricity, with just a leash and ultra consistency, she has learned that when I call her, I need to come. Not because she's afraid, not because she's been hurt, but because that is the thing between us. And I have shown her, when I tell you something, you're going to do it. And, you know, I'm going to say for a doc, getting a dachshund to do that, that's kind of a big deal because they're little German guys that think they rule the world. So it's kind of cool to, to be able to do that with them. But if I can do it with a little dachshund walking through a park where there's bunnies, then people, people can do it. And it because of the approach with this and every other dog I've trained or helped people train. Teach them that they must take you seriously. Teach them. You can't teach them unless you have them in a complete learning state of mind. And when you do teach things, you teach one thing at a time. No matter how brilliant you are and how much you can multitask, teach one thing at a time. And make sure that you create very short neuropaths between hearing what you're asking and executing what you're asking. And it doesn't require pain and it doesn't require anything but a lot of effort and your thought and doing this as long as your dog can remain uh, focused on what you're doing. So I have a lot of people that are doing things with dogs. I, I force fetch my working on it every day for 15 minutes. That's pushing the limit on that stuff. Um, but what you really want to do is, especially when you're teaching, you know, again, I don't do anything that they're learning new that's hard. More than five minutes, maybe. And, you know, can your attention span stay fully on that? Because the minute you're training and then you stop and you look at the text message and then you, and then you wait a minute, my shoes aren't tied. When you do that, you give permission for your dog to do exactly the same thing. And that is not what we want when we want to keep a dog from chasing something across the street or chasing a bird through a tightly woven barbed wire fence. Okay, we need them to, to completely respond at that time. And if you've taught them, eh, it's an in and out thing. Sometimes I'm there, sometimes I'm not. That's exactly what you're going to get back. So whatever you see your dog doing in, your, in their response to you is not a fault of that dog. It is a reflection of what you have taught them what the relationship is. So if you need a dog to come when you call it or sit when you say sit or all the other things, um, it's because it would, you need to approach the training of that dog, one with a great deal of respect for the dog, and then understanding that you're imparting to that dog by your behavior what their behavior is going to be. So make sure that you are fully engaged, that you are teaching one thing, that you are making it very, very clear, and that you are completely consistent. When you do that at these early stages, the other stuff will fall in line with that. But if you've been kind of weak here, and I, I've seen this a lot in the, in the retriever world, well, I need to get the collar on this dog. <laughs> they don't come when I call. You know, because yeah, that works. It's easy, too. You just strap it on and make sure it's charged, and then you cause them pain. And as soon as they figure out that if they run back to you, the pain stops. Um, yeah, you can do that. And people, a lot of people think that's the training thing. It's a lot harder to do it my way because you got to work and think and not cause pain, but get into that dog's head. But then you can have a dog that when you're on a hike or you're out and you call them or tell them to heal or come here, 
they do it. And not just because you have the electric collar on or a bag of bacon bits. Um, so that is, that's what well, I see that. I've really seen it a lot recently where if I'm out walking my little wiener dog, right? I look like such a pet lady, right? And I'm walking my wiener dog and somebody's other dog that weighs, she weighs 10 pounds, you know, and they weigh 60 pounds. Oh, they think I have a weasel or something and they want to go get it. And the people are trying really hard to keep their dog and they, they have the food. You put the food out in front of them and then you're praising them the whole time. They're praising this dog that wants to go over and jump on my dachshund, which I'm not sure how they think that works. They think they're praising the fact that they're keeping the dog from doing it. And then they have the food. And, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> you got to be able to take a walk with the dog on a leash and have it not try to attack other people's dogs, even when they're real little, and not have to feed it on your walk. But that's what people are doing now, which is avoiding the issue. And is this dog has no respect for you or what you say? <laughs> that's the bottom line. And it's not hard to get them to do that, except that it is because you have to teach them, enforce, create those real short neural paths, spend the time, make sure that you make it interesting and you progress through it. So people with dogs that don't return in the field, go back to basics, way back to the boring little, watch your dog, right? Put a leash and a choke chain on the dog and set it down and walk three feet and call it. What does it do? Look at you? Kind of get up and then walk over to the door? I mean, if you can't get it there, you're not ever going to get it out in the field where the most exciting things in the world are. Or you're not going to get it at the park where people are throwing balls for their dogs and frisbees and kids are screaming and stuff's running around. And your dog's going, oh, this this looks like a or dog parks, right? Oh, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, and the dog goes, whoa, let me go. I want to run and play. Yeah, every dog I've ever trained goes, here we are. What are, are you going to throw something for me? Yeah, they don't, they're not invested in what everybody else is doing. They're invested in what we're doing. They don't even know that they can go do that stuff. My dachshund has no interest in anybody. She, she's always looking for a rabbit, tell you the truth. So that's what she's interested in. And that's not hard to get that when you just teach them, okay, we're together, we're a team. This is what you do. This is what I do. And consistency and extreme clarity. So I just wanted to talk about the hear command because I know a lot of people have trouble with that. And, I, you know, do you have to sit? That's my first thing. How sit? <laughs> if you don't have to sit... It, then the dog doesn't think it has to respond to you, there's the root cause of your problem. Here is just one of the many signs of this dog not taking you seriously because it's not their fault, that's your fault. You haven't shown them that they have to take you seriously. So if you want them to take you seriously, start with the very beginning, work real hard on that, slowly build up, keep the response there all the time, and you may have a little bit easier time of it. So I just had to get that one in because of so many people that I've been working with one-on-one -on -one that this is always what we come back to. They have all these big problems and they, it's, it, it comes back to, well, do they sit right here when you tell them? Well, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, let's see it. And then they find it. Well, no, that's because you're here or the car's there or whatever it is. So that's the answer to many, many things. Again, basic obedience, short neural paths between hearing what you ask and executing what you ask. At least, I hope that gives people a little bit of uh, food for thought. So sorry I was a day late. We've got lots of things going on in the dog world right now. I'll try and be back in time uh, next week. 
and see what we've got then. So I wish everybody stay healthy, happy, and I will be back next week.